0: Is I, I'm,
1: ol- I'm only starting the recording so that we get the, it's, we know it's started.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, what are we, what are we doing? <laughs> what what are, are we doing? <laughs>
2: That's like a daily question I have. What am I doing? <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, My whole life. <laughs> 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 All right. Um.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. And I'm Jesse, and we are the Dad Fathers
0: coming at you with some devilish energy.
1: <laughs> nice. That's perfect. Well, today, to uh, our, 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 I'm glad you brought <laughs> it up, though, because speaking of devils, today we're talking about Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. And to discuss this, this is our second episode in our... Uh, Outfits, misfits, outcasts series, and loners, and and what, and loners, and
3: loners, and Loaners. and are for other Like
1: and boners, I was like, what kind of podcast is
3: this? <laughs> 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 like, where am I fucking on? Loners, alone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have to enunciate, Mike. Enunciation, it's important. Owners, owners, (laughs) gotcha. Perfect. Well, to help us talk about this, we are joined by a very special guest today. We're joined by David from Seriously Pointless. Conversations about culture. How are you, David?
2: I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, we're doing good. I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. Yeah, yeah. A little
0: tired. My dad energy. I'm good. Yeah.
2: You're like, I'm alive. I'm good.
0: <laughs> I have I'm
2: tired, tired that energy. I'm super tired all the time, but hey, you know, I'm great.
3: <laughs> exactly. Live in the dream. Live in the dream. Exactly. exactly. I'm dreaming all the time. I'm so tired. I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> oh, w- waking. Yeah. The waking dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, to help us talk about this movie, we brought
1: on uh, David because I think, is this your favorite character ever? Yeah. So Hellboy is is probably one of my favorite comic book characters of
2: all time. I have a deep love of him. Uh, I, I picked him up a long time ago when I was significantly younger and better looking at the time. <laughs> um, and, and maybe a little heavier, but it is what it is, you know, you know, Twinkie's from my friend at the time. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, I just, I love him to death. I, 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 the minute I met him, uh, on a comic rack, I just, yeah, I fell in love and that's just, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I love, I, yeah, I love Hellboy. And like I said, I, so much so I've got some artwork hung up. I've got all of the stuff, all the, all the comic books, all the trades, Um, but yeah, it's one of the few things that my, my wife has let me keep from my transition from single single to married life. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it. So
1: you fought (laughs) hard for that one. You're like, I really did. And the reason
2: she's like, that's what you want to keep. And I'm like, the way she looked, I'm like, she's going to give me this. I'm going to go with it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's beautiful. Uh, so then like coming to the Hellboy character. So this is a strange one for us because this is the first time we've ever done a sequel that we've not done the original. And this is also kind of a nicher thing. Like it's it's quite a bit smaller than some of the other things that we've covered before. And I think that people might be a little surprised, our listeners, that we're doing this. But uh, as we talked about in Jesse's birthday episode, you know, we all did come to this movie, particularly Hellboy 2, with a lot of that nostalgia from our, our earlier days. Um, David, would you like to tell us some of your nostalgia for this movie?
2: No, absolutely. Um, so, I had the wonderful fortune of actually going to see the uh, the first one in theaters with my dad because um, it was just randomly he was he was like, "Oh, let's go see that." You like comic books, you know? You are a nerd, and I am like, "Thanks, Dad. That was that's super great." Um, I think he's the really closet nerd, but he just never wants to admit it. So, um, but you know, he he took me to this when I was probably twelve. The first one when I was uh, twelve, and then whenever this one came out a few years later actually went on my own with my friends and i just was enamored with the scale compared to the first movie you know um it's how they did so much more with it so it's it, it holds a, a special place in my heart um obviously i i i wish they could do a lot more than what they did but like i said it's it's just a special movie that i really want to show my kid whenever uh whenever he gets older. So it'll be, it'll be fun. I think, I think the kind of show him this, my wife has said it's too violent already, but you know, it is what it is. You know, <laughs> my wife too. Yeah. Yeah. All, all wives are like, that's too violent. It's not Sesame Street. He can't watch it. <laughs>
1: yeah, like, like, hey. My, my, my Was world is, is, my world has been drenched in violence and blood since the moment I came into it. Like, <laughs> I know. Much like Hellboy. <laughs> much like Hellboy. Much like Hellboy.
2: And a baby. Actually, kind of food. a,
1: I, I had kind of a similar uh, experience that uh, Jesse in in his birthday episode shared. And I really wanted to share it there, but um, it, it was almost exactly the same thing. Jesse, my dad found Hellboy through the recommendations of one of his coworkers, who's a who's a huge nerd um, from way way back, like loving X Men comics from like the '80s when he was a teen. And Ooh. he, when he sees Hellboy, he's like, "This is really special." And my, my dad's name is Mike. He says, "Mike, Mike, you got to watch this." And my dad's like, okay, you know, I like superhero things I like comic book stuff. And he watched it. He says he was just blown away by like the redemptive arc of a demon that didn't want to be a demon. And he, <laughs> he immediately showed it to me. And I, I was, I was a teenager and we really kind of bonded over this weirdo thing that most people didn't talk about. And I never, I didn't know anyone that had ever seen it. Even going to college, it was like, I didn't know anyone that saw this. And I remember when Hellboy 2 comes out in theaters, we were just so excited to see it. And that's one of the few times where we both had an equal love uh, for the same, like, IP and the same reason for that love, which is that Hellboy 2 is is such a unique and strong character. And the movies are so wacky and bizarre. Uh, And, yeah, I I had a deep connection with him with that. Um, What what about you, Mike? What's your...
3: Yeah, um, I I actually didn't see Hellboy two until about a month ago when we were recording Jesse's birthday <laughs> episode. So I had absolutely no relationship to Hellboy two, the Golden Army. But I had seen the first Hellboy uh, years years before. I think it, I didn't go and see it in theaters, but I saw it. One, one of my good buddies at the time, Henry. Um, oh, we were, Henry. Uh, yeah, Henry. You guys, you guys know Henry. Henry. Know. Oh, Henry. Yeah. Henry, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Henry. yeah Henry. Awesome, dude. <laughs> he um he and his family like had this really strong connection to Hellboy before it uh, before the movies came out or anything. I guess his dad had read the comics or something. I'm not totally clear on that, but he was so excited to show it to to my group of little 14 year old friends um, when it came out and so I, I remember going over to his house and, and seeing it at the time and uh, I, I haven't actually hadn't seen it since until. Today and I was thinking because I was thinking back I was like you know what man like I actually do have this connection to to Hellboy and I went back and watched it, it was it was a fun ride um, I uh, I I realized though like I had it, it was fun. Um, I had actually fallen asleep for about 20 minutes towards the end. The movies about about 20 minutes too long. <laughs> to be fair, you're dead. Like, that's that's a totally acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no yeah. this is when I was 14. Oh, when you were 14. When I was 14. Oh, oh yeah, was, was when was not, like, you were know, oh, teenagers, little that's acceptable
0: too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I
3: know, I know. I don't know how. I, but it, it was like, it was, It was. I don't know. I I got this sense, I I I it was between I it, basically the movie's 20 the the first hellboy is 20 minutes too long I thought because in my memory of it it was a perfect movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like this is so cool and it and it had come out around the time like uh, another friend of mine was playing like Return to Cal- Castle Wolfenstein. Oh yeah yeah. That had come out a few years oh, before the yeah. I Like these, these like zombie Nazis and like these weird the no, not, yeah, and the occult and oh, all this stuff was going That's on. Right on my and mind. Cyborgs, yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was it was fun to sort of revisit that that world uh, again because that was a cool cool world to to grow up in a little bit. Yeah. What about you, Jesse? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about uh, it a bit, but. I did. I think there was a whole episode partially dedicated
0: to that on the birthday episode where my dad unexpectedly showed it to me. It was an unexpected dad movie for, for us to bond over and because it was so funny. No exposure to Hellboy prior to that. Like, absolutely nothing. I had no idea who this guy was. Other than that, it was like a superhero movie. Uh, but it was so much fun. This is such a fun world to be a part of, and... It's like, it's this weird blend of CGI and everybody dressed in costumes the whole time to make it feel both fake and a little more corny, but yet more real than most CGI films that we see nowadays. So it still holds up in my book. But yeah, so that was like 10 plus years ago. 10 plus years ago, uh, we watched that. And then I hadn't seen it till like, till last month for the previous episode. And uh, I loved it. I was laughing so hard and it was it was like juxtaposed to me, like showing this to my wife and somebody else that had come over and like, they were, had never seen it. They're like, this is the corniest, cheesiest thing ever. I'm like, just let me have fun. This is fun. You guys should be having fun too. <laughs> like, cause this movie is so it's, it is cheesy, but it's so much fun. And so funny. I love it. I love the humor. I love the idea of a demon wanting to get better. Who has a plot like that? That is so great.
1: Yeah, it's I love that that sort of that invitation that the movie kind of offers you with that with that opening. It's like in this year there was a secret operation in Scotland, <laughs> <laughs> and then this guy came out. He loves TV and candy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's an invitation. The movie is saying like, you know, come with us. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be real weird. The next thing you're going to see is a kid. And he's in demon makeup. He's got horns and he's brushing his teeth. All right. some <laughs> big old buck teeth.
3: Oh, they're huge. They're huge. They're amazing. I know. Oh, they're, right.
1: literally, they're literally yeah. like half his mouth. And I'm like, I you mean, know what?
0: You know what? It's freaky.
3: It is. It
1: That's looks like a scary. beaver it of, of demon.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It looks <laughs> when he's a child. Yeah. When he's an adult, you're just like, okay, you look a little knobby. But when you're a kid, you're like, whoa, jeez. Yeah. All uh, right. Dude, I,
0: uh, I love how that opening sequence ends with them asking if the Golden Army exists and then the you know, the title comes up, it's like, Hellboy Two, the Golden Army. It's like, well
2: I don't think it's going to be a mystery.
0: This movie, you, you just let us know what this whole movie is going to be about. That's great. No, no, I no, they,
2: they get they get halfway through the movie, they're like, no, that was a red herring. It's all about like vampires or something <laughs> random. And it's like, it's, I'm like, I'm like, like son of a bitch, you know? Come on, man.
1: Wesley Snipes shows up. He's wearing a black trench coat.
2: Yeah, you ready to kill some vampires? This movie took a turn. It's like, just like sprinkled with the red, the blood just kicks on out of nowhere. And I'm like, this got really dark, really fast.
1: <laughs> John Constantine walked into view. Anyway. Okay. Um, yes. But sort, of, we're sort of like crazy trade. I would love that. I, I want, I want blade and Constantine in a movie. Pretty, pretty please. I would be down today. with that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing.
1: Yeah. But sort of getting into the movie, David, you want to tell us a little bit about this character where he's from What brings him to this juncture here in this movie?
2: Sure. So um, Hellboy is actually a creation of Mike Mignola, um, who is a uh, comic artist and uh, writer that initially started with uh, uh, DC and uh, Marvel Comics and eventually moved off into Dark Horse whenever he came up with this idea back in 93 three i think it was which whenever he first appeared in comics so the whole concept was is that hellboy is a, is a is a is the son of a demon and a witch um that basically gets transported to our reality and get, ends up getting raised by professor broomholt who which you know you briefly see him in, in the beginning of this one on spoilers he, he got killed in the last movie guys sorry <laughs> um but uh, but uh, he 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 gets raised by Professor Brimholt, who's actually in charge of the BPRD and through the whole the whole story, uh, the whole comic series, you kind of uh, meet uh, the different cast of characters, which you know in the movie. You know, Liz Sherman, Abe Sapien, uh, Roger the Homunculus. I don't think you actually meet him in any of the movies, but he's a really cool kind of character that they totally gloss over, which which made me super mad later on. But uh, you, <laughs> you meet uh, uh, Jonah Krause and all these other like you know you know Victor Manning, uh, the conventionally old uh, new director uh, later on. Uh, but you you kind of you learn you meet all these new characters throughout uh, the series as Hellboy kind of kind of develops himself and learns about his back history. Because initially, you know, he's he when he comes to this earth, he doesn't know anything about himself. And so he kind of learns throughout the whole thing that he is basically the 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 uh, the, the bringer of the apocalypse, the bringer of Ragnarok is what they call him. And he is just constantly like poked at you know from multiple angles uh from different people throughout his you know comics uh story arcs that said you're gonna bring about the end of the world you're gonna bring me in the end of the world and he's just like nah i'm good uh I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go do something else like i'm gonna do my own thing he kind of gives him the middle finger and just says you know you know piss off kind of thing um but he does kind of in a way don't know without spoiling too much like of the whole comic series he does kind of in a way kind of do, he does kind of bring about Ragnarok, Rock, but he's kind of does it in his own way, which is really an interesting thing. I don't know if you guys have read the comics or not, but he he does end up doing that in his own way. And it's actually really satisfying the way McNeil does it. But the the really interesting thing about uh, the comic series is that he, Mignola has Hellboy visit all these different uh, mythologies that there are, there are throughout the world. I mean, he goes from like Native American, Egyptian... Uh, uh, you know, Sumerian, Irish, even which is where he actually ends up grounding this movie in. Which fun fact, I don't know if um Vito, I don't know if you read the uh uh the uh, Sound and Fury uh, volume that I sent you or not. But do you did you have you read that yet? It's it's where the, I've been that's where it. I think. That's where you can you can see the similarities now. Yeah, very like much that's, it's, so so. Fi- you find out that he really kind of uh, uh, this is the myth, Iris mythology is like a huge part of this movie. And it's a huge part of the Hellboy uh, legacy and like how he kind of becomes the person or the character that Magnolia wants him to be. And it, I got some little tidbits later on about why, what, why you kind of have these juxtapositions in there, but it's, it's really fun. So, but yeah, if, if you guys have, if you guys kind of like dark gritty humor with, uh, uh, gorgeous art by multiple artists, I would highly suggest going out and just picking it up and just taking a read because like, I said, this is a master master class and, in, in storytelling in my opinion. So, but yeah. I'll loan you a copy.
3: I I don't. I don't think I really like storytelling that's good, personally. So (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Storytelling
1: bad. Good punchy. Good good art. Punchy Uh, good. (laughs) (laughs) That could be a whole other podcast. It would have the most toxic fan base. Um, but kind of taking uh, taking the reins from, from you and talking about uh, Hellboy two. So it's I love that you bring in that that mythology because uh, in researching this movie and then in, in our prior conversation on your podcast, which we'll talk about a little bit later, um, there is a lot about uh, where Mignola was at in his career, in he's starting to ground Hellboy in different places, like you're saying, and then where Del Toro is trying to crack this sequel idea, because he's not really sure how to, and they both kind of decide to, to make a newer thing uh, that could be in this movie, even though it has the ties to that that role. Um, yeah,
2: yeah and, so t- and, and Del Toro really, really has a, he's, at the time, he was still kind of an up-and-comer a little bit, you know, he really hadn't hit the mainstream yet. Like he hadn't really done. You know, he wasn't shape of water guy yet. So it was kind of one of those things. You know, it's like he was just kind of the flavor of the week. weekend. I of got like, oh, he's the monster movie guy. That's what everyone kind of thought of him. You know?
1: Yeah, so it's actually was really kind of it's like a- like Pan's Labyrinth that yeah, this movie yeah. even oh, like God. comes
2: out. My wife talk about a match made in heaven. I love Del Toron. I love that dark, uh, that dark kind of vibe, and it's in Spanish too. My wife is yeah. a Spanish teacher. It was oh, like oh, boom. Cool. Yeah, my wife is <laughs> like, let's watch this. She's like, this is so sad. She's like, I'm like. She's like, but it's just in Spanish, and I will watch it. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'm going to take it on a run. <laughs> but I mean, what what's not you together? what's not freakier <laughs> than yeah? I say, what's not freakier than a thing that has its hand, eyeballs, and its hands, and it has yeah. to like go after? I'm like, Ugh. The, the pale
1: man. Oh, he's amazing, and yeah, super creepy. Oh yeah, love that movie. Yeah, yeah, we'll be doing it. But uh, oh, so, so okay. this one, it's uh, it's directed, produced, and written by Guillermo del Toro. Uh, we know him as the guy, as you were saying, he's kind of an up-and-comer for a long time with Kronos, Mimic, he does Blade 2, get some recognition, and Hellboy, mm-hmm. but it's not until Pan's Labyrinth that he really sorts of breaks onto the scene, and after that, it's been, it's been Del Toro uh, all day and all night for everything. Um, if there's a movie that is a vague fantastical element, he's like attached a direct is Guillermo del Toro. You're like, well, there's 15 movies. He's attached to direct. He's not doing that. <laughs> yeah. I promise you, <laughs> but he usually walks away with like an executive producing credit or writing credit, or even like a weird creative consultant credit. Um, but he, he wins, uh, the best picture and best director for shape of water, the Academy Awards, and was nominated for pans Labyrinth for writing and also best foreign language film. Um, he, he's, Constantly on everything, as I said, he's credited as a writer in all three Hobbit movies. What? Uh, which he was supposed to direct, but he had to step away due to financial difficulties with MGM at the oh. time.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, he's executive produced two Kung Fu Panda movies, also Puss in Boots, <laughs> Rise of the Guardians, Pacific what? Rim Two, because he I did love the original Puss in
2: Boots. I know. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he works like if you want to look up his television IMDb, it's obnoxious how much stuff he has. Like, he's just churning out animated shows for Netflix, like, three a year. The man is a workaholic.
2: He really is.
1: For sure. And I can't,
2: and he, I, I, and I, said, I, don't, I don't mind it at all.
1: So. <laughs> or Dell all the time. Uh, but he's also, a, he has a surprising creative consultant credit on Edge of Tomorrow, Megamind, and Beautiful, uh, Inuritu's really sad movie with Bardem. Yeah, 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 yeah. Creative consultant, Del Toro. There you go. Huh. <laughs>
3: huh.
2: Literally, he was probably like stepped in the room is like, you should do this. And they like, walked out and they're like, consulting credit. <laughs> it's like, exactly. that's probably all he did. <laughs> but you know, I love that. That's how the business works. And it's like, okay, cool. That's
1: well, because he's also he's such good friends with Coran and with Inuritu. They're the, the three amigos of Hollywood. And so you'll find that they intersect with each other's movies a ton. Um, like both of them helped him with Pan's Labyrinth a lot. And they really support each other. I think that's really fun. That is cool. Um, Even though those two are like wildly different from Del Toro's interests. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's the strange like dark horse in there for sure. Yeah. Um, Have you
2: have you ever gotten bored and looked at? He did a a video tour of his house one time. mm -hmm, That man mm -hmm. is like super super into horror films, and it's like busts and like full size like Frankenstein monsters. It's cool. I, I, I honestly wish I had the money to make a house look like that. He like, specifically
1: that's... has two houses to house his memorabilia yeah. and his books. It, yeah. It's 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 insane. He's like, why have
2: dreams? Yeah. Two houses. they are like, I have an apartment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: That, I have, I have a studio oh, apartment. Yeah. Is that okay?
1: <laughs> uh, and he, he talks about how like he, uh, he has like a room for monsters and he has a room for like just Victorian literature and he has another room that yes. he's, he's constructed. I think he said there's a room where it like rains 24 seven because it's a dream he always had as a kid.
3: Yeah. That's, I mean... That's kind of awesome. It is. Like he's good good he's he's, he's just making a huge his huge baby. Come true. He's a huge little yeah. kid. Like that's all he is. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, if I was singled and have a
2: family to take care of, that's probably what I would have been doing too, you know? So it's just like, you know, hey they I'm all live their in, priorities. His,
3: his family, family all man. lives in uh they all, all in the monster room or in the rain room? No,
1: no, they don't live there. No one lives there. They live in Guadalajara. <laughs> so he's got two two. Houses they live, they, in live, in a, they live in a dungeon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In Mexico. Yeah.
3: yeah uh, no,
1: they they all live they live down there because I believe he divorced his wife uh, a few years ago, oh, but he still goes yeah. every six weeks back home oh. to see them. But he also yeah. has these other. He's a he's a wild guy. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Oof. going forward, he's also really known though for working with the same people uh, constantly. Like Ron Perlman has been with him on nine projects, including his two new ones. And it's funny, like looking over Ron Perlman's sort of filmography. If you don't know him from Sons of Anarchy, like as, as Clay then you can just kind of throw a dart and you'll find a movie that you've seen that he's in and you'll always recognize him because he's huge and has a face. That's like the size of a mountain. He has a real Easter Island head. Yeah. Well, he he looks like Hellboy. He does.
2: (laughs) To to be fair, I prefer his uh, adaptation where he played uh, the beast in beauty and the beast. Have you seen that? The the TV show? I watched some clips. Yeah. It's pretty bad looking yeah. but it's 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 really cool it's like him in his early career and it's, it's fun to watch like people like that when it, and they're in their early career because you're like they're literally just going for anything and i'm like you could kind of see him but when he starts talking i'm like oh that's 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 parliament to a t because you cannot yeah. fake that voice
1: at all no no it's it's, it's beautiful <laughs> it's gravelly um selma blair is in this she you probably know her from cruel intentions legally blonde and also she was just in uh, american crime story playing chris jenner for a season she was really really good in it and oh, she has she, kind of stepped away from it. She she is in I mean, something. I mean, she mostly good. shows up in TV shows because of her uh, her MS, unfortunately. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured out. Yeah, but she, I mean, she plays. She's great as Chris Jenner. She's unrecognizable almost as Chris Jenner. So that, that's kind of cool. Um, cool. I'll and check it out. then another guy I want to mention is Doug Jones. We got to talk about Doug Jones. Oh yeah,
2: man of many faces.
1: Every face. Uh,
2: yeah, Three faces yeah. in this Monster movie. Monster Man. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, he's no—he's known because he's so tall and stretchy and bendy and thin in every single ligament.
2: <laughs> that's, I said the man—he probably weigh, looks like he weighs 140 pounds, and he's probably like six five. And I'm like, exactly, Ugh, like how? Exactly, <laughs>
1: crazy. I think his fingers are each as long as, as like tall as my head. That's terrifying. It, yeah, well, he is and he, he is—that's his thing. He is terrifying. <laughs> And he he doesn't mind being buried underneath a lot of makeup or CGI, and he's a very physical actor. But he's worked with Del Toro seven times, much. including in Pan's Labyrinth, where he is the Pale Man with the eyes. He's in his the hands. Pale
3: Man,
1: yeah. Yep. Um, he's also Silver Surfer uh, in Fantastic Four. Oh, uh, he's on the What We Do in the Shadows <laughs> TV show, which is really funny. <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then As in a this one, great show. In this one, he's in three. He's Ape Sapien. He's the Chamberlain, and he's the Angel of Death. Which is um, so
3: freaking cool! Yeah, the
1: angel of death is awesome. I, I, it's just Del Toro again, putting eyes in weird
3: spots. Yep, got some eyes up on these wings. <laughs> <laughs> cool. right. Why not?
4: Like, Why like not? It's,
3: it's it's clarifying. Like what makes me freak out the most? Eyes in weird places. <laughs> yes, eyes in weird places is terrifying. I don't or, like mouths. or mouths, eyes yeah. or mouths. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, and then obviously Seth MacFarlane here. Got to mention him. Everyone knows Seth MacFarlane. Um, I'm not even going to read his credits because he's great in this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the uh, I want to mention the cinematography here is also from a frequent collaborator. Worked with him six times, Guillermo Navarro. But he's a big Mexican guy. He has his Mexican dudes, like Robert Rodriguez, he's worked with a bunch of times. He's done uh, From Dust Till Dawn, Desperado, Jackie Brown. But then he's also... Having a really fun career now where he's doing stuff like Night at the Museum. You're like, good for you, dude. Buy a house. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> and kind of last on my list of people who worked on this, it it's interesting that this is Danny Elfman and who does the music. And it's so s- kind of strange hearing an Elfman score on anything that's not Tim Burton, especially when he's doing his Tim Burton thing in a Guillermo del Toro movie, like just that opening when it shows all the, all the clockwork pieces locking together. and It's like, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <It's really cool. laughs> I, uh, Yeah. I think I it, it works. I think it sets a great tone. I think so. I think so. Anyway, that's all kind of, I had for people who worked on this. Uh, I'm wondering if we want to maybe go around the horn and do some favorite scenes
3: yeah. to get us into
1: this movie. Yep. Let's see. As our guest, David, do you got a favorite scene?
2: Okay, so I'm going to take probably the most obvious one for me, um, maybe in the whole movie is the troll market scene. Um, <laughs> just for the simple fact is I'm, mm. I'm a huge proponent so uh, of practical effects. And from what I've gathered and what I've, I've read is that that entire set they built from scratch. And they tried to do as little CGI on that thing as possible. And it was just just watching them the whole setup to it. You're thinking it's going to be grungy and dingy, like when they you know when they first meet the little troll gal, um, and of course that she's just so gross and everything like that, and and, and they, he scares her. Yeah, and, and then they end up going to the troll market, and you just, it, it opens up a whole world of all these different creatures. Like, you have no idea what they belong to, and Del Tor is never going to tell you what they belong to or where they're from, but you're just like, what is that? What is that? And then you, you kind of like, why does he have a Walk through, and you see this. Yeah, why does he have a baby? Yeah, why little, have a baby? <laughs> what is it? Th- I'm not a baby. I'm a toma. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, <laughs> I love that. It's so gross And he just, like, hugs him. And I just love that he's, like, they do, he just, like, puts these weird creatures and doing things that are normal, like, getting a shave. you know, it's just like, okay, you know, this is bizarre. But then, like, as they move along through it, you just see that he goes and he, you know, he meets the map maker or the banker, whatever that guy is. And it's just, everything is just so bizarre and so wonderfully and gorgeously handcrafted in that del Toro, you know, specific way. And I just, yeah, that's probably one of my most favorite scenes. And then, of course, you know, I got that big culmination where he ends up fighting. Uh, I believe it's, what's the big troll's name? Is it Mr. Tick, I believe his name is?
3: Yeah, I, I can't remember so. his name wink, exactly, wink, but wink, the big troll. Wink. Mr. Wink.
2: that's what it was. Wink, Mr. Wink, that's what it was. And he ends up uh, fighting him and obviously he, he gets uh thrown into the meat grinder, so to speak. So yeah, at the very <laughs> end, you know, and he just that's like lets him he has like a, a mock interrogation with him a little bit, and I'm like, okay. But it's 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 that's probably one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah. But yeah,
2: that's that's I love that I love that scene to death. And I could watch it a hundred times over and I'd both find something new every single time I watch it.
3: So Awesome. awesome. What do you think, Mike? Um, My favorite scene Uh, that dude, this scene, this movie is just full of, of fantastic scenes in general, but I think that my favorite one of them all is probably, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do when, um, when Prince Nuwada, like the scene where he comes in and kills his father, like that is just such a cool scene. Uh, The, when he's fighting all the elves right at the beginning yeah, they're and they're, they're like in, triangle
2: heads, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> the like, triangle head wannabes, <laughs> yes, exactly.
4: <laughs>
3: they're, they're in this like a furnace room somewhere, and you get the sense of like the elves have fallen so far from where they were. Yeah. And Prince Nuada is like, he's so angry because it's been thousands of years of just tr- living and hiding, and he wants to take control and take power and bring back beauty to the world. Um, but. You know, he ends up killing his father to achieve his ambitions and the way he fights, like it's really cool sort of sword play. He chops off their heads. Yeah. Um, and there's the great reveal that uh, Nuada and his sister Nuana, Nuwala, Nuala are somehow connected. And uh, it's just it's just such a cool scene. Like you walk in and, and there's this it's almost like snow or leaves, but it's ash. That's falling all over everyone. It's filmed in such a beautiful way. It's like golden colors. The way that you kind of expect to see elves, but it's in this like different sort of world it's where twisted. it's like, yeah, it's twisted, <laughs> it's overshadowed, yeah. overshadowed
1: by like the industrial kind of world, isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
3: yeah, it's really because cool. he's got the furnace behind the king, yeah. right? And it, yeah, it, yeah, I love that. And, and when he does kill his father, his father turns into like I don't know, some sort of ivory. Yeah, like like image of himself mm-hmm. that can break. It's almost wood, but it's also mm-hmm. almost stone. It, yeah, it looks kind of like wax a little bit too. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it but it, it but shatters. It, it's, it's yeah, it it's, it's able crumbling. to shatter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It's a Really cool scene. Well, what What that. do you got, Jesse? Yeah, that's great. I,
0: I I have a couple, but I think my my most favorite scene and the scene that got me and my dad into the movie is just the intro, and uh, not the intro when he's a little kid with the giant oh. teeth. But the one that comes after that, it's like, it's uh, the headquarters, right? And Manning, he comes up to Abe and it's just like, all right, got to talk. And he's showing him all these pictures of Hellboy. And it's just like, what is he doing? He's doing, he's, he's trying to hurt me, right? And he's like, no. <laughs> Abe's like, no, he's not. And then he starts asking, like, how him and Liz are. Uh, and while they're having this conversation and he's popping meds and talking about how stressed he is, there's all the aliens in the background that they're doing operations on. It's so funny because like, what do you people expect? Are dying? Yeah, people are dying. Like this is a top secret organization for fictional creatures. And it's amazing that this all exists. And here they are having this stupid petty conversation about how just how he is and how Hellboy hates him. The devil hates him. And that's like, that's what's upsetting it right now. That's so funny.
1: Um, I love, I love, I love it. when they walk past that, that one monster and he goes, what's that? And Abe says, Oh, it's Friday. <laughs> and they just, like, keep walking. <laughs> like, is it, it's like, it's named name
2: Friday? Or, like, you say? oh, okay, okay. And they just, they don't even, like, talk about it. They just, like, keep walking.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like, oh, but it's, that's what happens on Fridays, or its name is Friday. Either way, it's not concerning. It's yeah. throwing security yeah. guards around, but who cares? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <No> uh, <laughs> man, I, and
0: I love it as, like, I love the fact that that that's a thing that it's Friday and you can sort of believe it, but it's really funny. I love how it's like a thought out world, but it's making fun of itself as it as it's going along. That is so great, uh, and that's what like hooked me into into this movie uh, when I first saw it. And then, of course, the intro to Hellboy when like he gets thrown out of a door, and the door like almost kills him. It's just like, oh, hey. Abe. Yeah. <laughs> She's mad. <laughs> She's
4: mad. <laughs> it's so great
1: i love it yeah. uh how about you vita uh I, I was really happy that no one picked it my favorite scene is the tooth fairy scene
3: yes. that, that yeah. is
1: i love that i know it's very on brand for me to like that but the
0: yeah, line knew, you know when i said i had two favorite scenes that was my second and i didn't say it because
1: i knew you're gonna pick it I've kind of become so well known to my co-hosts. I'm sure it's with only affection and not mockery. I demand to see your guys's private group chat that I'm not a part of. I demand to see. Never. Uh, I'll never reveal. Leak the emails. You you know that would just be text messages.
3: I need to see them. That's just ordinary text messages. (laughs) Are you a boomer? Are you secretly a boomer? No. I Shut up! But
2: <laughs> fun, fun, fun fact: there was not a text message chain, but now there will be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, I'm texting Jess right now. Hey, do Put, you think Vito is secretly a boomer? No, no. Look, no, we brought a, this up in the hey, last one. Do you one think we can take over
2: program. the podcast without Vito anymore? <laughs> <I suck. laughs> <I suck. laughs> I'm gonna
3: I'm gonna take Mike down with me
1: though. He's in the same room. All right.
3: Yeah, he can't hit you guys. He's can try to beat me. He can't beat.
1: I'll just kill you. It's fine. Mike, has he
3: done
2: this often? Has he started hitting you recently? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, no, but my favorite scene is is the Tooth Fairy scene because of the line, there are no corpses because there are no leftovers. <laughs> and they look down, oh, and it's just goo all no. over the floor. It's like three inches of goo. It's, it's so it's, disgusting. It's, it's all the people that you already saw. And Hellboy,
2: Hellboy's just like, oh crap! And then hey, he Abe's like, exactly,
1: exactly. Abe <laughs> like, like, thinks he's like, like he's like, wow, Hellboy, that's that's very smart of him. And He's like, no, I'm just, <laughs> it's just a terrible situation. So, i
2: ex- expletive. It's an expletive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when but that's actually the, something that I have a lot in common with my dad. My dad loves these creature features where the effects are super practical, and they really they they find something unique and scary or gross to do. And this one, to have these, to take the idea of a tooth fairy, number one, brilliant. Number two, make it a weird, crazy, rabid, crab, flying creature. Number three, Mm. have it attack teeth specifically is so deeply upsetting. (laughs) And every time they attack, there's the sound of like the high-pitched whine of a dentist drill. (laughs) It's it's it, it like gets you on edge and just watching as as poor hapless red shirts like fall side to side as they get like demolished by these little fairies. It, I love it. And every time Hellboy fires his huge ass gun, the whole camera frame like shakes as if it's impacting the filming itself. No, I it, I think it's brilliant. I think it's really really wonderful. It's my favorite scene. It's also I think my favorite action scene in the whole thing. It's yeah. it's very inspired. Uh, and I also there's, there's the babe line. And the babe when he's like on the radio it's just
0: like same story here, babe. And Liz is like, Don't call me babe. It's like, I said Abe. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> he, switches, he switches the channel. Think like, she's, like, mad. I think she's She's, still, she's, mad still, mad she's mad still mad at me. <laughs> same channel.
2: <laughs> That's such a guy thing to do too. It's like we're so like just oblivious to shit. It's just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like when I mumble something under my breath, my wife's like, Oh really? And I'm like, Oh, Jesus Christ. It's like yeah. <laughs> you got the ears of a fruit bat okay (laughs) (laughs) how the hell but you yell at me and i don't hear it i'm like what the heck is this bullshit
1: i said i said one slightly critical thing across the house and now you're mad at me great
2: yeah i'm downstairs in my basement and somehow she hears me while it's sleeping and she wakes up and she's like pissed at me the entire day and i'm like i don't know how you heard that subliminal like learning or sleeping i don't know that's happened
1: that's very much happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm whispering. She won't hear it for another I, few weeks.
2: <laughs> you know, funny, funny story. My wife had like a pissed off. She got mad at me in her dream probably about two months back. And she was just pissed at me the entire I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? And she's just like, nothing. And she finally told me. and She's like, you did something in the dream. I'm like, oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> That's I'm amazing. Like, Why
0: are you mad at me? But
2: Your yeah, perception
1: of me is uh, super negative, and I hate it.
0: And I was like, I'm sorry for something I never did.
2: That's fair to me, but anyways. So, yeah, that's the whole vibe I got from that conversation. I love that conversation between Abe and Hellboy and Liz. It's phenomenal, yeah. Oh, it's
1: and so it sets big. up that dynamic so well, and it really gets you into like who these people are and what we can expect from them. And I, I, I kind of want to ask, so the, the obvious one who's like the big character is is clearly hellboy but in his supporting cast do you guys have a favorite do you have a favorite like bad guy or side guy like is there is there any love on this pod i'm asking for the weird troll who's half a body and the other half is a cart is that oh anyone's gosh, favorite yeah. character
3: <laughs> absolutely Oh yeah, Yeah, he's a great character. I was going to say he's my favorite amongst a lot of like ones that I like. He's hilarious. I love that guy. He's so great. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I love that. It's like his workbench and his body. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I I think that'd be really helpful. Just like going about your day being like, well,
3: let me just reach, reach all the way back here. Oh, I found a hammer.
1: That's good. All right.
3: (laughs) Yeah. No, I I was thinking the same thing when I saw, I was like, you know, if I had a disability like that, I would want to turn it into a workbench. Yep. Yeah, there you go. He's, he's a great, great, forger.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Little did you he know like that he was actually in the great troll, of, troll explosion of you know twenty ten. <laughs> now he's just handicapped, and you're making fun. I like your cute little workbench, and he's just like, uh, <laughs> this, this is my wheelchair.
3: I'm saying it's a good wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's it's,
3: it's it's all purpose, saying, man. It's, it's okay. great way to chill. turn your disability into. <laughs> and- Extra wow, that's, that's a
2: great shovel you have there. Just keep ticking.
3: <laughs> Here I go. Here I go. That's what I do every day. Down I go. See you guys. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we'll pop out the other side. All right. Uh, how, how about how about you, David? Who's who's your who's your favorite uh, like run character?
2: So I have a special place in my heart for uh, Abe because in this they kind of give him a little bit more of a. Um, I don't know, flamboyant tendency to it. So like talking about like the troll market thing, like when they pull out the hats, he's like, oh, it's got cute little straps. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, where did that come from? And I, but I, <laughs> I, just love, I just love Doug Jones to a T because he just plays him exactly how I have him in my brain. Like when I read the comics, that's the kind of guy I kind of, I see him being like, he's the, he's he's very intelligent because like, he, he's just kind of like quarantined himself away from everybody but he just he he just he just knocks it out of the park. I love Doug Jones as Apes, Ape and Yeah, awesome. Yeah, How about you, Jesse? Ape's
0: great. I I really like Johann Krauss. He's he's so great when he comes. He's so bizarre. Like I'm not when you first see him, and especially never having been exposed to him before, I wasn't sure what the rules associated with him are. And the more you get to know the rules, the less I understand them. Because then it's like I guess you're in the suit, but you don't need to be. You can take control of anything around. You can even talk without the suit on. But- so
2: if you you want to go down a rabbit hole, check him out. <laughs> in like the, in the comics, he they do Mike Manilla does some weird shit with him in the comics. Like he and he just like goes off into his own little world. And like yeah. after like whatever Magnolia is like, I'm gonna get rid of him. He just kind of like floats off into like some weird dimension thing goes on like a journey and i'm like what the hell are you doing with this guy (laughs) it's pretty pretty cool i didn't i did not get the i like the tone they went with krauss this time they made him a little bit more obviously german a little bit more um kind of funny i guess a little more a little bit more funny i guess uh yeah because in the comics he's like super straight and like he definitely plays like the straight man uh, as opposed to like uh, Hellboy who kind of just like lets everything slide off of him so I think that this is the one of the few character like exchanges from comics to movie that I love to death so plus Seth MacFarlane I mean seriously come on great voice oh yeah he's got a you know, great
0: yeah. voice oh he's he's so great and I love how they brought like the Dwight dynamic to him just because I guess he's German <laughs> who put yeah. my stapler so- in Jello. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if this was The Office, then then Johan Kraus would be – he would be the Dwight in The Office. Yeah. And absolutely. that's and that's his function here. He Everybody's kind of making fun of him, but he's so efficient and good that they can't <laughs> completely. And he's just so obsessed with the rules. Yeah, he brings a great dynamic to the whole thing.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. I, I was a big fan of uh, of all three ones you guys mentioned. And I, I got to say, though, I think coming out of this, I, my favorite guy is Prince Nawala. I really like this guy. I, I I'm identifying with the villain yet again. Uh, surprise, surprise! This is yeah. like
3: Vito's just all over the map. Didn't expect any of these things.
1: Today. I love <laughs> I love this guy because I I've never seen this guy like again. Yeah. This, this actor Luke Goss? Yeah, uh, he's kind of he's in a couple other Del Toro things, but he never rose to any heights. And it, it's funny that Prince Nuada is here because he's the way he's playing this character. He's like in a radically different movie. Yeah, like radically. Yeah. He he is not doing the same thing anyone else is doing. And I think you need him for that cuz you need this sort of incredibly sincere, very humorless bad guy to sort of offset everyone else being lappy jokey, but he plays it so straight and so sincerely and he really believes in everything he says and does, and I really respect that. It's it's a good villain. It's kind of like it reminded me a little bit of Killmonger from Black Panther. Like you 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 can almost see how he what he's saying makes sense you can almost yeah. see it and just the
3: methods he's going about it are just the worst way to do it all the words that he says are beautiful yeah like he says you know we've lost the beauty of the world like look at us we're in this furnace you know like we're do, and, and the way he talks to hellboy like you're not part of this like are you really going to kill the last this creature the last of its kind yep uh with the with the big plant creature yeah. thing yeah it's like yeah man that's deep shit and when they kill him, it's super sad. Yeah. You're like, well, I see
1: why why you made that choice, but that really sucks that that happened. Yeah. That was a weird scene. Yeah.
3: that's a weird that's scene. That's a very strange scene. It feels like, very
1: del Toro, though, right? He's like, I'm creating this huge, monstrous thing that will hurt people, but if you just respected it and leave it alone, it'll be fine. Except it won't. You have to kill it, and then it becomes more beautiful. It can, and it's death, but could it have been more beautiful when it lived and like could cultivate things? You don't know. You don't know.
3: You don't know. Yeah, I, I, that's yeah. true it's a weird thing right
2: time right place it could have been a lot better for that uh i guess you call them a not earth elemental a a plant elemental maybe that's better for it but like yeah if you you like an earlier age where there wasn't in the middle of an urban center i think it would probably be fine where it was it probably leave people on but you know if i was an earth our plant elemental shoved in the middle of like bricks and mortar and stuff i'd probably be pissed off too i'm like because yeah yeah, I want to. That's I guess that's the that's what they all want. You know, it's kind of like dryads. They don't they they want to keep the forest going, right? So yeah. that's that's kind of how I took it as. So.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like if you stuck an ent from Lord of the Rings in the middle of Manhattan, like that just wouldn't go well. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's why they went after Isengard, right? And took that. <laughs> yeah. <first day. laughs> So everyone, so here we're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna say surprise, surprise! It's Lord of the Rings pod, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Here
3: we go. Let's go. I'm ready. I'm already ready. (laughs) If you were a Hobbit, which would you be? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Oh boy! boy. Surprise! This is still (laughs) Hobbit episode.
1: (laughs) Oh boy, the (laughs)
2: Hobbit. Oh, this is great.
1: So, Mike, I see that you got a bunch of notes here to get us back on track. Oh, you got uh, a bunch of these notes. Do you, you want to talk about these notes? You seem like you, you, you've sectioned things off into several categories that we had not discussed doing. <laughs> oh, <So> I'm interested.
3: <laughs> I was just getting ready for, you know uh, for anything you threw at me. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I was. I was trying to be ready here. Uh, I kind of. Th- this is a very. If you could see the screen, you'd also be confused. I'm also confused about it. I made it. To be clear, it's just kind <laughs> of like <wrote> threw, <laughs> threw stuff up on a on a on a OneNote um, thing, and uh, I like I like OneNote. OneNote's a great OneNote's great. Uh, you can no kind of just, like click, click wherever you want. But I was one of the things that I was wondering was which fight you guys like the best. And we kind of touched that. Like you, David, you you said your favorite scene is the fight with Winky pretty or Wink pretty much. Wink, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like. He, I, I, I guess I guess we kind of hit, hit on that, but there were a couple of ones that I thought were, were really cool. Yeah. Like, this is a movie about fights. There's a ton of fights. There's a ton of fights. Yeah. It's great. Like, this is my favorite sort of superhero. It's like all the superheroes. The and deal with their the problems, he's good out. at. He's, yeah. He punches. Yeah. He's good at the punching and the shooting. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Doesn't do a lot of kicking,
1: but a lot of punching and shooting with his with his red right hand.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah.
1: I think, I think one that I really, really enjoyed is, so I did like the one. So the the great thing about Del Toro is the way that he always dresses every scene to the nines, every single one. There's no moment in a Del Toro film where he did not pay attention to this and make something really beautiful or really interesting, find some way of, of cloaking it in something like that fight between the elves. it, It has so many things going on, but it's this, this intersection of the leaves and this industrial like thing, this furnace behind him. And it's kind of like in the end fight. I mean, of course, we know Del Toro is obsessed with the with gears and clockworks and, and steampunk stuff. But then at that end fight between the Golden Army, they're just clockworks and just gears. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really fun the way it how colorful everything is. Like it, it almost hurts your eyes sometimes. You're watching on like a really high-resolution TV. There's all this color and splashy like shapes flying everywhere. I really love that fight. I don't. I'm not as big a fan of the final fight with Nuada. I guess. I, I yeah. There's there's too many cuts for me.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of lot of quick cuts, and it kind of yeah. it, it does kind of wear on my eyes too. I will agree with you on that one. I like his the first couple uh of fights that Hellboy has, and the I like when they're not. Do they ever really fight before with each other? I'm trying to remember other than. I don't well, think the one, they do. They do. Oh,
3: he, he gets sorry. Yeah, in the library. That's I totally yeah. forgot about that. One. That's <laughs> a great scene, <laughs> by <laughs> the way. Amazing scene. We'll the sit one, the one. Prior to that. Without yes. you. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that 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 is such a good one because it's like uh, I, when Mike came in and I had the movie on and we were talking about red and bl- and uh, blue sitting down to talk and. Blue is like feeling love and feeling heartbreak. And is like, I don't understand what to do with this. I don't I've just have been tear listening- yeah. <laughs> I've just been listening to these sad songs over and over. And I, it, it flashed me back when Mike walked in the room of all the times that, for instance, Mike and I have done that in the past or times when Jesse and I have done that in the past or times when all three of us have. Just so many times of listening to sad, depressing songs about and thinking about girls that we should not really be thinking about. <laughs> and I was like, this is like an essential thing like dad experience that this, that you go through this (laughs) and get kind of drunk and listen to sad songs with your guy.
3: (laughs) I I, I wouldn't trade him for the world. Yeah, I guess (laughs) I never did it with can't smile without you though. I know we missed, we missed out. Yeah. That's a big regret of mine.
2: To be fair, I'm not a Barry Manilow fan, so it's, it's okay. It works great for this movie. It's just not a Barry Manilow fan, but I am a Takate fan. I don't know how the hell you say that beard, but I love it. Takeda. Okay. Wow.
1: Takeda. Yeah.
2: I should know that. <laughs> I it's don't. okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can that's all I need to know. So. <laughs>
1: exactly. How about how about you Jesse? You got a you got a favorite fight?
0: I mean, I think you guys took a lot of the good ones, but I I have to agree with you, Vito. It's just the the ending Clockwork fight. That like it's funny having not seen that the movie in years and then seeing it after 10 plus years and that's a fight scene I remembered the most clearly. Like there they're smashing them and there's this ray of hope because you think you think that they're gonna be done. You think that they're gonna win, and you're like, okay, it's a lot of them, but they can do it. They're clearly like kicking some butt. And then they all reassemble and you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> they're truly doomed. Yeah, that's great. I love yeah. it. And also it's so much fun. This is a, uh, I I watched half of Hellboy on my not 4K TV. And then my birthday came around. My wife gave me the 4K TV. So then I watched the second half on 4K TV, and that fight is
3: so wait, much wait. better. What? Jesse, I've got a question for you. Do you have a 4K TV? No, I have a 4K TV. And then <laughs> <laughs> I have the, a 4K, oh, 4K, 4K TV. I didn't know that. Uh, he's,
0: he's got a 4K TV.
3: Yeah, I have a 4K Jessica. TV. Like so I was watching it on my 4K there. TV.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's just colors and lights and and smashing things. It was so much fun. I was so happy that I
1: got to watch it on my 4K TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to make these jokes again when we all get 8K TVs. That'll be really fun. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, it'll okay, be great. Yeah, just
2: oh. never I love that.
3: So many Ks. <laughs> so many kids in my eyes. Um. Wait, so i i wanted to ask though i i was trying to like i was going through this and i was trying to pick out like themes to the movie like what what is this movie kind of generally about it feels like there's a lot of there's a lot of messy themes with it, it it's kind of a messy yeah. movie hey jesse jesse <laughs> hey bud yeah mike's talking about what? themes again could you oh, guess imagine
0: that, that it's, I never it's, about it's the the most fun superhero movie ever and we're here talking about themes let's do it
3: <laughs> no, i just like i thought i thought
0: that, that was part of the fun of it though we love you because you, like uh, you
3: know there's you know
2: st- mike for not being a story guy you're really digging into some stories i'm just saying
3: <laughs> I, I i just it's only because um because i hate them so much i want to know how to hate them best <laughs> you know it's acceptable it's
2: acceptable Continue, <laughs> sir.
3: you're like you're like mark Wahlberg and the other guys
1: who like learn to learn
3: to do ballet ironically so he can make fun of it <laughs> yeah man exactly exactly if you really hate something you have to really learn work it. hard to learn it well tell, tell, us, time time. Your, tell us what you no, no, no but so like the, I, I don't know it's it's. I, I guess like I was watching it again and there's this scene there's the scene with the with the um with the plant elemental and it there's this weird line like Prince Nuada shows up and he talks to, he's talking to Hellboy and he's trying to convert Hellboy to his side. And he says, and it's kind of like the crux of his argument is like, if you cannot command, then you must obey. And then Hellboy, sh- you know, ends up having to shoot the, um, shoot the, the plant elemental, which was kind of weird to me because that, I, I don't know that I guess that's a part of the plot. It's just, I guess the whole it, it opened up the plot I mean, oh, yeah, to yeah. open up sort of the theme yeah. of just kind of I don't know the the general sort of coming of age story that this is yeah. in a way. Yeah, but it's a different sort of coming of age story from what you expect out of any coming of age story and especially a superhero one. Mm-hmm. It's not an origin story. It's not like someone learning about their powers. It's him going from being like I'm kind of a, a wild youth to being I'm going to have twins. Yes. Yeah. And he's like fighting against authority. I, I don't know. I wanted so, to know if you guys are so kind of jumping
2: off that a little bit. I, I'm going to, I'm going to take point on this because I, I, I thought about this quite a bit. Um, so it's one of the few things I thought they did a disservice to comparing the, when comparing the comics to the, the movie. So they do this really well in the comics, whenever they have Roger, who's a homunculus, they find, and they end up putting him on the team and at the time, without spoiling a whole bunch of it, they end up inserting, they're like, Well, we, we make a battery for Roger because he needs a battery to run off of to keep going. Well, they put like a a new like a, a bomb inside of his chest, and they get, basically give Hellboy the the dead man switch to like say, Hey, if he turns bad, you're you're in charge of killing him. And so he's kind of like that's that's the same and so that comic is the same moment in in, in his development as that part is like what you're talking about, the plain mm-hmm. elemental, he basically gets the idea that the choice of, do I, do I buck authority if he doesn't listen or like it has, I basically have to choose between right and wrong. Like, and, and do I, do I grow as a person or to just go along with everything they tell me? And he, you know, he ends up basically giving them the middle finger. And that's when he kind of leaves the BPRD after that storyline. And it's, it's a great, that's the one thing I, I, I wish they would have done that in, in this. I think that would have been a great, yeah. a great so, so scene. He
3: he doesn't end up blowing up the homunculus.
2: He no, he like, does not. Yeah. He basically says, screw you guys. This is bullshit. And the whole team actually ends up, a lot of the team ends up leaving with him, which is kind of where I th- he was writing this about the same time that he, he they were writing the script for this. Yeah. And so that you can kind of see, like I said, the parallels to it. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. a great, it's a great like scene that they kind of put in there. But I, I just really wish they would have done something like that in, in this because it's, as opposed to being a creature that is fighting, it's one of his friends, essentially. Like, because he's getting to know, like, Roger and he's starting to trust Roger in the comics. But in this, I mean, obviously you feel bad for the plane elemental, but I mean, he's known it for all of 15 seconds, you know? It's like, and he's, he's trying to keep people safe in the city, so. man, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it just, it's a little bit of a disconnect for me. Uh, Yeah. But it's a a time constraint thing, but
1: yeah. But Guillermo del Toro in like some of the earlier notes said that he had been working on some shorts to try and figure out how to make Roger the Monkeyless work. And I guess he just had a really hard time cracking that visually.
2: I can see that. And like sort of
1: running it through the, the Guillermo del Toro like art style because he 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 and mike mignola they have similar kind of tastes but mike mignola is so much as we talked about it in, in our episode in our conversation david like he's he's a very minimalist right he uses big empty spaces in his pages and del toro so- is like no Everything in every corner, all the time. All right. Yeah. So, so much so, like, like the way he draws Roger,
2: it's literally a naked person with a metal, like container, like a metal, like what would you call it? loin cloth over his crotch with like a hook nice. on it. And I'm like, I don't think that would fly in a movie, but you know, you could try, you know. Yeah. It's a little, a little BDSM.
1: A little bit. Yeah. It gives off a weirder vibe here. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit. Mean, yeah. I guess we do have like a the suggestion of the incestuous relationship between Nuada and Nuala. A little so, bit, but it, yeah, it's, it's adult,
3: not too far there's adult themes. There's adult themes. It's like, well, they people
2: kind of like this. And he just went full tilt in crimson peak instead.
1: So he's like, we're just oh going to put God. this all
2: in there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh. not, not a fan of crimson peak. Not a fan of no, crimson peak. No. I don't want that. I don't want that. Okay. So I guess trying to tie this into our series as a whole, we're talking about these misfits, these outcasts, and Hellboy fits this in a couple of different ways.
3: Most obviously, uh, he's a demon that already separates him in, from the majority. In, in a of things. human world, to be in clear. a human world, although there's so. also like elves there and other creatures, exactly. But, but most of the people around are humans. Yeah, so there, there is no
1: other demons on screen with him at, at all. Any time. Yeah. yeah, and even more than that, even more than being an outcast, there he's working for a bureau full of outcasts whose job it is to round up these outcasts in their world. And even more than that, he is the chosen one to bring the apocalypse forward. He is Anungan Rama. He is, as far as I could see, this is actually like one of the first movie I thought of when thinking about an outcast misfit series, because he fits everything. His very identity is that he is an outcast. Yeah. He's a loner. And he doesn't fit. He doesn't He's fit anywhere. The misfit. only way he fits is when he grows his horns and takes the crown and rules
2: and even then it, it's it's great you bring that up like like even then in like in the comics like all the other like lords of hell like simply despise him so much so like if you guys read uh any of the newer the later stuff in the comics they actually like the moment of conce- his conception which is in hell uh they actually all the other lords had actually stormed his father's castle and they were about to kill him which, which is the point where he gets transported to earth so that's how much they hate him like they wanted to kill him and cut his hand off so they could have it for themselves. Cause that's how much power he has. Yeah. So it's, yeah, like I said, nobody, nobody wants him. Everybody wants to use him, And so he's like, a, like, like you said, just, it's the epitome of like an outcast of like nobody really wants to be yeah. his friend uh, essentially until he meets all these other outcasts. Right. And then he finds out, Oh, you know, world's not so bad. It's, it's actually a pretty nice place.
1: You know, yeah, there's a, Pancakes.
2: There's beer and baby Ruth's and all kinds of other fun things. Kitty cats. You know,
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he's gonna eat the cat. We gotta stop it. He's gonna eat the cat. <laughs> I, I like.
0: I like how his his main driver in this movie though is like he is an outcast. He is a myth. He's kind of where he belongs to some degree, like in this um, with this agency with all the other outcasts. But he doesn't want to be there. He wants to be out in the world. Uh, he wants to exist. Just with ordinary people. And that's all he wants. He just wants to not be the outcast, not the misfit anymore. And obviously he can't. And we all know that. And that's probably why he's so immature and has and that's the, the key thing he needs to grow away from. Yeah. Uh it's it's kind of a it's a deeper story if you think about it that way. And it's really sad. It's a good thing they made this movie funny because if it wasn't funny, it would just be a really, really sad,
2: movie. super, super depressing and dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of it's kind of how the comics are a little bit. And it, it, luckily, like you said, it, Del Toro and Maya and Magnolia have that very similar kind of like humor, and they definitely pick it up. Like, but you like you said that that one that point is like from when when he leaves the BPRD. It's just him. I mean, it's it's literally like all the comics are him kind of like trying to find himself and it's interposed by like weird little funny things. And I'm like, thank God this is in here because this guy can get really depressing sometimes. You know, it's like people just constantly trying to shove stuff in his face and things like that. Him trying to get him to do what they want. And he's just like, I'm going to no, I'm going to sit here and just get drink, drink rum with these skeletons, you know, and, and the cards. And I'm like, this is hilarious. I love this. So, yeah, it's, it's little things like that. So.
1: Yeah, It it makes me really sad that we're not seeing the third one, because there's so much, like having watched this one a couple times recently, he's actually doing some very subtle uh, seeding for the future story. Um, There's the bit where Abe, which does two things, where Abe puts on the goggles for the first time and looks up, and Hellboy's saying, those don't work, and he switches the one down, and then you see Hellboy in his full demonic form. The and they don't comment. Yeah, he doesn't say anything. Yeah. And it tells you two things. One, that they work. And two, that Hellboy is always like holding this identity. And then what you were talking about, Mike, with Prince Nawada talking about you have to command or obey. That is actually like th- that is his core issue for, for his whole life, his whole entire character arc in the comics and what was supposed to be in the movies was that do I bring about the apocalypse? Do I get my destiny or do I forge my own? Yeah. Um, and like what David was saying, he does like eventually find a way to to reconcile those in a way. But it it it's sad every time I watch Hellboy Two because it really does feel like a Cracker Jack second chapter. Mm-hmm. But it it it, it doesn't does, have the conclusion. It doesn't like yeah. it concludes well as a movie. Yeah. But the characters aren't finished.
2: It's no. definitely a springboard for the characters. It's yeah. basically saying like, hey, there's good. There's gonna be there's gonna be that final arc, you know, that you're gonna have there to kind of tied some of these things up, and they're just kind of left dangling there a little bit, and it's. It's a little sad and depressing to know that they didn't really ever finish that, but at the same time, you know they could come back in some sort of manner, possibly. I think I maybe animated. I I know you're holding out hope.
1: I know you're holding out hope, David.
2: I I, I really am, uh, because you get a little through those things. But I I think the problem is, I think Magnolia has kind of ever since he. Finalize the Hellboy series, and he really doesn't do anything to do. Like he won't do anything with the main series anymore. He's capped it. He's done with it. He does like Hellboy and the BPRD stuff now, uh, but it's like the B- B- Hellboy B- BPRD nineteen sixty five or sixty seven or whatever it is, and he'll have it that one little story, one little snippet of his time timeline. It's nothing after uh, the because I mean, to be to be fair, I mean he does bring about the end of the world in the final chapter of stuff. But like I said, he, 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 kind of like puts a chap, he, he's capstoned it, you know, he can't go any further with it. So I think he's kind of put it up on the shelf a little bit. And I, yeah. I don't know if we'll ever get to see it, unfortunately, but I still hold out hope. I really do. So, cause everybody that I've taught everybody, you read stuff online and you hear that, you know, um, uh, Selma Blair, uh, 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 Perlman, Doug Jones, Del Toro, they're all they're all for it. They would love to come back and 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 do something because they love these characters because they know they had so much fun working with Del Toro and Mignola. So, but I kind of yeah. hope and, I, I hope they do.
1: And in a lot of ways, it's you can see why too because I was trying to pull for those three. You know, trying to pull other things that you would know, but really, this is it. Like this is the biggest profile that I think really all of them had. Because yeah. these characters are so linked to them, their faces, their performances, but also like Ron Perlman. Who do you know Ron Perlman from? Well, he's Hellboy. Or,
3: you know, maybe if Anarchy. you watch Sons, I mean, Sons, Sons, Sons of Anarchy. I mean, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Yeah. I never watched Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. A ton of people watched Sons of Anarchy. That's what everybody knows. I mean, knows I'm sure. From, yeah, but, I mean, I never did, but,
2: yeah. but I, that's, I mean, I remember showing this to a couple of guys at work. We were on a snow day and it was like, we couldn't go anywhere. So we sat down, we started watching it and then they're like, they're like, is that the dude from Sons of Anarchy? And I was just like, I guess I'm like, yeah. cause I've never <laughs> seen it, you know? Yeah. And they're like, they're like, oh yeah, that's, that's him. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, that's where you get him from. But you know, it's, those are the two main things I think he's, he's been in. I mean, but he's been on a lot of like little things recently like TV shows and some movies I mean, movies he's in, stuff, he's in
1: huge movies all the time, especially like Del Toro, but it's always like, all right, you got a monocle and you got a, I don't know, a hook hand. All right. And be yeah. scary over there. Or like in Drive, like be a mobster that gets drowned in the waves. like. <laughs> uh, yeah. But thinking about somebody like Doug Jones, you know, he he doesn't show his face very often. He likes yeah. being buried. And it's just like him and Del Toro. He's like, you want me to be a fish guy? I'll be a fish guy. I'll do it for you twice. I'll do it for you three times. Okay. That's <laughs> or like, right. Yeah. I mean, he, he is Abe Sapien in The Shape of Water. It should have said Abe Sapien, The Shape of Water. That's what the, poster should have
3: been. the Shape of Water, Abe Sapien. Yes, he is the, the Ape shape Sapien of water. story. Yes, ah, that's oh, better. The Ape
1: Sapien story. Then it can go right to Hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess, I guess we, I guess we're gonna wrap up unless anyone has anything
3: additional. Well, I, I, I feel bad. We haven't heard anything about seriously pointless conversations about culture. I mean, we might have just had one um yeah
2: go ahead yeah obviously right. good you're fine you okay, go okay so so i will go um i am getting lots of fingers tore putting towards me um so yeah so kind of like vito said guys um uh we have our own podcast seriously pointless conversations about culture we do a lot of similar things today the, to these guys here over at uh, not your father's um uh, movies uh, podcast that uh, that really just l- we love to do um it's primarily like video games anime uh books movies things like that we're very eclectic you know like like kind of like you guys yeah. answer so we like we just i, I have multiple people on them multiple times you know just to try different things like usually with my wife we end up talking about like books and some video games some older stuff uh with my buddy it's a lot of anime because uh, he's a huge weeb and um <laughs> uh <laughs> uh and he, we also do uh lot of video games with me because i'm uh, i've got a little bit of add so pretty much it's the only thing that like holds my attention for any span of time so it's 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 fun so yeah we we do about a podcast a week which it actually might be changing here a little bit because i gotta go back to school so it's uh <laughs> time constraints but we, we we will still be cranking them out as much as possible but yeah, it's every week, and you can catch us over on uh, Seriously Pointless Convo on Seriously Pointless conversations about culture on Facebook, Instagram, all those fun places, uh, and you can reach us over at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail for your questions or concerns. But yeah, we actually did a, a Hellboy uh, episode with Vito uh, a, lot, a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's hopefully all it'll right. come out at the same time as this one. That's what i'm hoping so
1: absolutely absolutely definitely uh and i just wanted to share just a couple of like things i i'm a, I'm a regular listener you, you've i was on the show i listened to a couple episodes came, came on your show and since then I've, I've been downloading every week and listening to them when it's something that i either know or something i, I think i'm going to get to know because you're going to tell me about it uh That's... so i a couple episodes i really enjoyed though i love that conversation you had with jackie about final fantasy 7 fantastic
2: that's that really was, I, 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 I can't take credit for that because that was all her. That's that was one of
1: her childhood babies right there. I'm pretty sure that raised her for a little for about two years of her life. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> it, it's something it's something that like that game, especially when I saw that pop up on my feed, I was like, they did it. They're finally going to do it. They're going to talk about Final Fantasy 7 because that one, that's the very first video game I remember playing. And I remember watching my cousin, because I wasn't very good. I'm like five. I'm watching my cousin play it. He's way better at it than I was. So he'd let me do the chocobo racing and then let me like wander around the world. And then he would do all the fights. But I remember when Eris dies, that was so shocking to me. It, it, it like broke me a little bit because she dies on the, on the screen. And I said, well, she's going to be fine. And he goes, no. Mm. I said, no, but like they come back. He goes, no, she's dead. They always, they always come back. No, no not this time yeah
2: it's that's like i was telling jackie that's one of the best scenes in that because i started replaying it it's just they made it significant right yeah and so you're kind of like you're a little part of you is like i don't know if i keep I want to keep playing this because they're gonna like start killing people off you know especially and bringing them back but yeah it's it's a great scene and then they like i said that's that's why it really stands the test of time as one of the, one of the best jrpgs if not one of the best rpgs ever made honestly in my opinion so
1: yeah, and definitely definitely for our listeners, if, if you're interested in any of that, there's also a Scott Pilgrim versus the World episode that's very, very fun. Yeah, go check him out. We'll definitely be sharing all those links in our show notes. And uh yeah, you, I mean, we're friends with with David here on, on Facebook. You can see us interacting all the time. Um, yeah. Yep. So find find our Hellboy episode there and, and listen to his show.
2: Yeah, you can um, you
1: can look at all my really badly worded memes that I throw out on there Constantly.
2: <laughs> Ninety percent of them are for my wife though. So <laughs> we, we feel the passion. The passion is there. <laughs> That's I, I appreciate it. So.
3: We're well, so grateful that you came on our podcast. It's been a, a pleasure. Well, yeah, thanks for coming. To I'm to so you, glad to have you guys
2: you. or come out and, and, and talk with you guys. Because like I said, it's it's fun to share the passion, especially about something that you love so much with other guys. So I'm pretty sure people yeah. in general. So
3: absolutely, yeah,
2: awesome.
1: Well, uh, final question. Then that we always ask: yeah. Is this a dad's movie?
3: Uh, I, I say yes. I say yes 100%. wholeheartedly. Yeah. Whole, wholeheartedly yes over here as well. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off.
1: Yeah. Uh hey. yeah,
3: I
0: gotta agree. Uh this is <laughs> I I this is one of the more unique superhero movies. Uh yeah. I, I always enjoy watching it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is definitely up there with like, uh, I'm going to want to show this one and the Christopher one that comes on the, some of the Christopher Reeve Superman stuff to my kid. Cause I love those. So it's, that's, those are my two that I want to show them first. I've already got, them hooked on star Wars. So I'm, I'm going down the path. So
1: right. <laughs> this, this, is, the way. Yeah. this, is, cool this is the way. <laughs> and then uh, just, just a quick question, like, uh, and then let's sort of when, so you're, you're already answering, you're, you're saying David ASAP, as soon as, as soon as Jackie is like, you know what, it's okay, it's not that violent. That's when it's gonna happen.
2: It's ASPPs as soon as parentally possible. So <laughs> that's exactly what I'll be doing. <laughs> as soon as she's able to let me do I'm already wean, I'm already kind of like like I'll be like, Yeah, she's like, Do you want to watch Sesame Street with him? I'm like, sure, we'll watch Sesame Street. We'll <laughs> <And> watch <laughs> look, look a bunch of movie downstairs. And she comes out and is like, Why are you watching another Star Wars movie? And I'm like, Sesame Street was only Uh, Half an hour long And there's puppets (laughs) in Star Wars There's puppets, come on Uh, I I guarantee you I can find a a Star Wars puppet like parody online I'm sure it's like 10 times (laughs) Lower budget but I'm sure It should be like fine, whatever She's pretty much given up all resolve On preventing (laughs) our Child from seeing (laughs) Movies before he's a certain age At this point I think so Awesome, awesome,
0: how about you Jesse When? I don't know Uh I mean, I I haven't settled on the the superhero the superhero like violence and when to show it to my kids, but whenever they can handle that, I, I'll show them this movie. I have no idea when that's going to be. Probably like ten ish.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling somewhere around in there. I I love I love these dark gothic things. Like I I was I remember the first horror movie I ever saw was Beetlejuice, and I was sitting in my grandmother's like room <laughs> watching it on her TV, and I think I was like six. And I was terrified.
2: (laughs) A little traumatizing to say the least. It was. And
1: it's it's it haunted my nightmares, but it also made me obsessed with that gothic kind of horror that that still persists to this day. And I don't want to do that to my daughter. She's a very sweet kid. She she loves life. She's very happy. And uh, I don't want to turn it into a hot no, topic. No, you got you know? You know, you to crush that early. You got to crush those dreams early. So we'll do Bambi and then we'll do Hellboy. That's how it's going to be. That's right. A yes.
2: <laughs> you do, you do, you do, you do Bambi and then do reindeer games. Just like immediately one after the other.
1: <laughs> reindeer games. Oh my
0: gosh. When's the last time I heard
2: that? <laughs> I don't know. I just pulled out of my butt. I'm sorry. I'm just like, I don't know what this is. Maybe it's violent. So that's I a just reread them. Hey, our brains work in mysterious ways, right?
1: Yeah, that or that or what's 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 the other one? Um, what's what's the Christmas horror one where Santa's a killer? Oh, I don't know this. Black Christmas is that it? It's probably Santa
2: Claus with a K or some
1: crap like that. Like claws. If if that doesn't exist, we need to copyright that like
3: immediately.
2: I think it does. I think it does exist. I think K L A
3: W S. -S. (laughs) Like seriously, it's like scratched.
1: Yeah.
2: Or you could watch uh, the
1: Krampus one. That's always creepy. Yeah, Krampus is on, great. That's the one. Krampus is great. I that love was, Krampus. That was great.
3: Yeah, yeah. How about you, Mike? What age? Um, maybe like I want them to before they see the Hellboy movies. I want them to have like an idea of superheroes because this is a twist on the superhero for sure. Um, it's weird. It's dark, and it's like got its feet in so many. Well, a few different like genres. So I Several want them to have more. like some sort of working. I don't know, familiarity with it so that it doesn't just totally shock them when they see the blood and gore from the tooth fairies or just the tooth fairies in general. I I don't want them to be terrified at night when they go to bed with the, and I say like, you know, like when they're losing their teeth, I don't want them to just like have nightmares. Oh, it's perfect. I don't, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, yeah. it's good. They're losing so know, maybe like twelve. I don't know. Feed the fairies so they stay <laughs> away.
2: Wow, we have completely different like parental objectives. I want to traumatize my children as much as possible. <laughs>
1: Make them funny, man. Make them funny.
2: <laughs> I know. Like a little part of me. So I was watching TikTok to that I know this horrible one I know I'm a millennial. And, but anyways, I was watching the video where like the people hide under the bed and they grab their feet. I'm like, that's a great idea. I think I'm gonna do to my do that to my kid when they get older. My wife, I told Jackie about that. And she's like, I will, I will hunt you down. I will I will kill you and bury your body where no one will find you. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, not ever doing that. Got it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we're, we're so happy to have you on, David. And uh, it's been a blast. We can't wait to have you again. And uh, yeah, we'll make sure we link to that in the show notes. You can check us out, notyourfathersmovies at gmail.com. Find us uh, at our website, nyfmovies.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Reddit, and wherever you find it. it if, you, if you find it somewhere, please comment on it. Please talk to us. We want to talk to you. And I think that does it for us. I'm, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. And I'm David. See ya.